called A Brand New Life. And uh, in July of 2020, this is 22, 22. When you get to the end of the year and you start working on 23, sometimes you forget what year you're in. I don't know if anybody else deals with that. We're in 2022. Back in July on the 7th, that day was the day that our family was waiting for months and months, and really for me for many years. Aaron and I were about to become grandparents, and there was such an incredible amount of excitement and anticipation in our household of this brand new life that was coming into the world. And so that day, I got to the hospital just before lunch after clearing the rest of my schedule and awaited until 9.51 p.m. when a 7-pound, 15-ounce, 21-and-a-half-inch baby boy named Braxton Alice appeared into the world. And so that is me with my grandson. Now, don't let the pink bib throw you off because we were at... He went through all the bibs that day when we were watching him because he was spitting up, and that's all we had left was a pink bib, okay? So that is a baby boy. Uh, that is uh, my grandson. That is Braxton, and he's, he, boy, he's bigger than that by now. And, uh, and that is our grandchild. Now, I'm here to tell you, for any of you who have had babies or been around babies, or parents or grandparents or great-grandparents, can we just start off this Advent Sermon Series by naming this truth? A baby changes everything. I want you to know that a baby changes everything. There's something about becoming a grandfather. He just changes my world. He melts my heart. His presence brings such joy. And this brand new life is so amazing. And every time I'm with him, something new inside of me, this renewal of joy, a renewal of hope, a renewal of peace in this new thing God has done right before my eyes. But there's just something about a baby this, this, uh, this, this purity, this innocence before you, this joy, this smile that they bring. And whenever I'm with them, I'm just so in awe of our Creator's design. Friends, only God could do that. When you're around a baby, when you experience childbirth, you can just praise God because you look at that child and you say, only God, only God can do this. And I've found myself closer to God because of my grandchild. Friends, a baby does change everything. And that's what Christmas is about. Christmas is the celebration of God's brand new. It's the celebration of the brand new that God wants to do in you. God wants to do a new thing. He's brought new life into this world more than 2,000 years ago to give you a brand new life. It's a baby, the Christ child that has been born for you and for me. It's, it's very personal from God. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, the Bible reads, For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Friends, it's a new life that was predicted long ago. Friends, this is, this is years and years and years and years before Jesus ever came on the scene, before the Christ child was ever born. It was the prediction of a Messiah, a Savior, to come and rescue the world from darkness and sin, to be born for us, to bring brand new life, and to set God's people free. And so this Christmas, the question is, are you ready for a brand new life? Some of you might be broken, frustrated, worn out, run down, struggling in some area. Maybe in some cases, you're just finding it hard to even breathe. And when I ask you this question, your heart is screaming, yes. Are you ready for a brand new life this Christmas? Because if you are, God has already delivered it, 
And the beauty of Advent is we celebrate the anticipation of the coming of the Christ child. Only Jesus came 2,000 years ago. He's already here. He's alive and well. He's done the work. This is only practice for us to anticipate his coming again, to anticipate that Christ is going to come again. It's the beauty of Advent. The, the anticipation that we experience of Christmas is the anticipation of Jesus coming again. So this Christmas, let me ask you again, are you ready for God to do something brand new in your life? Are you ready for the anticipation, the celebration of the coming of Jesus Christ, a baby in the flesh who has come down from heaven to do the new thing in you? Now, here's another prophecy, and I believe this is a messianic prophecy. Now, that's just a fancy church term. Messianic prophecy simply means a prediction or prophecy specifically around the coming of the Christ child, around the coming of the Messiah. In Isaiah 43, 19, this is not a popular messianic prophecy but you'll understand why I'm putting it in here when I read it to you. It says, see, I am doing a new thing, Isaiah writes. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Friends, Jesus came and said he is three things. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And friends, God is giving us an answer to this prophecy because Jesus is the way in the wilderness and Jesus is the way in the streams of the wasteland of our life. And in God's newness in our life, in the mundanity of this world, in God's newness of the wilderness experience, in God's newness in the wasteland of life, we know this, that God is always up to something new. He's always doing something new. He's always bringing something new, bringing new life, bringing renewed joy, bringing hope into the world. And he wants to take the broken and the dark and the run down and the weary and give a brand new purpose into our life. Oh, friends, our God is a God of newness. He's the God of the New Testament. He's the God of a new covenant. And in Psalms, he says, sing me a new song. God is always up to something new. And Christmas is the celebration, what can we just say, of God's ultimate new thing. It doesn't get more ultimate than a brand new baby born for you and me to be the savior of the world. God declares with his angels to the shepherds in fields at night just how awesome this work is that he wants to do, just how new this incredible happening is. And the angels that appear, they, they have these conversations, and once they, and angels say this in Luke chapter 2, verses 10 to 16. By the way, if you want to go deeper into Luke 1 and 2, come on out this Thursday evening, 6.30 p.m., looking forward to doing Bible study with you. But the angel said to the shepherds, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. <clears throat> Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And I want you to underline this next phrase. This will be a sign to you. Circle that, highlight that, underline that. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. When the angels had left them, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. What is God always up to? A new thing. He's always up to a new thing. And so the shepherds are like, let's go and see this new thing. Well, what does Jesus, what does God say in that prophecy? Do you perceive it? Can you see it? And the shepherds are like, yeah, we want to go see this new thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Now, friends, it doesn't get any more amazing than this to understand the gospel. What, is, what does the word gospel mean? It's a fancy church term, but it has a very simple meaning. Anybody know? What? It means good news. The gospel means good news. And so when you say the gospel of Jesus Christ, we're celebrating the moment that Christ manifested himself 
in a human form as a baby, fully God, fully divine, and fully human. This is the good news that brings what? Great joy. It brings great joy. It's a baby, of course. How could a baby not bring great joy? It's, it's so amazing. The news, the, the news is so incredible that the shepherds drop everything at this good news of great joy. They're on the midnight shift at the sheep ranch, and they hurry off and leave that behind because they had to go see this new thing of God. Remember, God's always up to something new. They wanted to see this Christ child, the Messiah that has come to save the world from their sins and to bring eternal life into all who believe. They wanted to see Emmanuel, who is God with us. A child born unto us, a son given to us. He's here in the flesh, a baby. Oh, and they had to just go get close and see this baby. Now, I just have a question to ponder here for a moment. If the birth of my grandson can do all kinds of new things inside of me to the point where I just feel like a brand new human being as a grandfather, what can the birth of the Christ child and the living Savior do in us? What can the birth of the Christ child and the Savior do in us? Well, we say a baby changes everything, but friends, this ain't no ordinary baby. This is the living God taken on flesh, born for you and me. Don't you love the signs that the angels tell them to look for. Remember that phrase I wanted you to highlight? This will be a sign to you. Well, I mean, if God's coming, he's gotta be coming in king, kingdoms and royalty and from Hollywood or someplace else with all kinds of palaces and, 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 and things like that. But no, he, he says, Here, here's a sign to you. God's plan of salvation is coming to you. You just look for a baby. You look for a human being, a crying, spitting up, diaper-filled, need-to-be-fed baby a precious, innocent, fragile baby in simple clothes lying in a feeding trough. And there you will find the Savior, the living God, who humbled himself to become flesh and to become this Christ child. Of, of course, the shepherds are excited. Who doesn't love a baby? When the shepherds are excited, they're ecstatic. We get to go off and see a baby, a sweet, cute, cuddly, snuggly, rosy cheek, wanting to pinch their cheeks, touch their nose, skin so soft, baby. You know how this goes when you're out in public and you're at the restaurant and, and that couple sits down and you got a brand new baby sitting in the car seat and everybody's poking each other. Did you see the baby? Did you see the baby? You, I mean, you're willing to talk to a total stranger just to ask them about their baby. How old? You know, what, what did they weigh? How, how tall are they? What percentile are they in? Congratulations. Everybody goes bazonkers whenever there's a baby around. So, of course, the shepherds are getting excited. We're drawn to see these new creations of God because a baby changes everything. A baby changes everything. So let's talk about what you do when a baby's born. Three things today. What you do when a baby's born. Number one, you drop everything to be in their presence. You just drop everything to be in the presence of a baby. And the question today is then, what is keeping you from getting close to Jesus? What is keeping you from getting close to Jesus? You see, when the shepherds heard the good news that the Christ child was born, they dropped everything and hurried off to be with him. So friends, what things in this life do we need to let go of to better see? Remember, behold, the Bible says, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Do you not see it? And so then if we wanna see it, if we need to see it, maybe God's doing a new thing, we just ain't seeing it. So the question is, is what things in this life do we need to let go of to better see this new thing of God? What things in this life do we need to let go of to get closer to the work of Jesus Christ in our life? You see, Paul, he, he just, he, Paul basically just posed it like this in Philippians chapter 3. 
This is how serious he was about getting close to Jesus and Jesus having his whole life. He says, I once thought all these things were valuable. He listed off all kinds of pious things in Scripture in that letter to the church at Philippi. But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him and get a little bit closer to him and have him take over a little bit more of my life every single day. Friends, according to Paul, nothing is more important than knowing, gaining, and becoming one with Jesus Christ. The disciples, Simon and Peter, they understood this so much that when Jesus called them, they dropped their nets and they left their career behind. The, the, the shepherds experienced this so much that they, they left their midnight shift. It doesn't even say they asked the boss if they could clock out. They were Now listen, I'm not here to tell you that on Christmas Eve, you're supposed to just leave work without letting your boss know. Okay, that's not, that's not what we're saying here. But for them in that moment, there was nothing else that they could do. They had to go and be with Jesus. Everything else in that moment was rubbish. Their families, their jobs, all good things, they were rubbish in comparison to knowing and being with Jesus Christ. Friends, the day that Braxton was born, like I said, I arranged my schedule so I could do a couple of hospital visits in the early afternoon and then be there in the waiting room for the rest of the evening until Braxton came. The good news about uh, being induced is you kind of have a date on when baby is coming. And so Peyton was induced that morning, and, and so we were just sitting there and waiting. I, I, just, I just had and wanted to be there. I set aside my whole day for, his, for Braxton's delivery. Friends, the Savior is here, and there's nothing more important than having him in your life. And we are going to drop our need to be in control. We're going to drop our self-sufficiency. We're going to drop our pride and our busyness. We're going to drop the distractions of this world because Paul is announcing there's a baby in the room and nothing is more important. There's a baby in the room. You got to go see him. You got to be with him. Nothing is more important than Jesus Christ, not your spouse, not even your own children, not your job, not your possessions, your plans, your piety, Paul would say it's all rubbish compared to getting in close and snuggling up to the Christ child. One of the benefits we have of grandparenting is, is that we become like, like a, a first stop for babysitting responsibilities. And so the beauty of Austin and Peyton uh, both working is that Braxton's at our house a couple of days a week. And so Aaron gets a chance to watch and, and uh, his uh, aunts get a chance to watch Isabel and Elizabeth. And when Tana's coming over, she'll watch him too. And and so on those days, I, I, try to, I try to get home for lunch. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, my grandson is five minutes away. I'm getting home for lunch. And there's times if I got an evening meeting, uh, Missy was sitting here at the 815 service. I looked over and I said, have I said to you I'm going to cut out a couple minutes early because my grandson's at the house and I got to beat him before his mother shows up to take him home? I got to get home. I got to see him. I, I just got I to I be with him. And so I'm doing everything I can to be around him. I got to see him because otherwise there's this empty feeling. I feel like I'm missing out on something special. I just got to be with him. And so, friends, the same is true with Christ even more so. When we are distant from Christ, when we're doing our own thing, when we're distracted with the things of this life and the things of the world, something is in us is going to be off. There's going to be an emptiness. There's going to be a void. That's because Jesus was born for you, and we are meant for this Christ child. We are meant for this Christ child. And Paul says, nothing else in life will fulfill you and fill your tank like knowing, gaining, and being in relationship with him. Now, friends, I, I, I always say, I don't know about you, but this is how I'm feeling. I already know about most of you, and I think you're going to resonate with this statement. I need Jesus. I need him all the time. I need him every single hour of every single day. 
I can't go a day without him. I got to be with him every moment and to know him more. And I want to drop everything and be present with him all the time. It doesn't mean we drop our responsibilities. It means we take our responsibilities and put them in his hands and be the best creation that he's created us to be. You see, what do you do when a baby's born? You drop everything to be in their presence. And you secondly recognize the precious gift of God that's in front of you. You recognize the precious gift of God. That's what we all see when we look at a baby, the precious gift, this gift that, that kind of makes you smile. Your eyes kind of get wide. You want to touch their nose. And, 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 and this is how we know they're a precious gift because babies can get adults to make noises and, and, and say things that are just completely ridiculous. Precious baby, goo goo ga ga, coochie coochie coo. You're so precious. I love you so much. Oh, you're just so wonderful. To the point where sometimes they cry because they're freaked out and scared. I mean, what comes out of us as adults? It's just so silly because these babies, they 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 just melt our hearts. They they melt our hearts. You know, when Peyton brought Braxton to the church for the very first time, he was kind of the talk of the church. He was just so precious and and. Uh, and everybody wanted to come over and see him and, 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 and ask about him. And, oh, this is, this is Braxton. This is the grandchild. This is your child. Praise be to God. You know, he wasn't just a gift to our family. He's been a gift to the entire church. Everybody wanted to see him and be blessed by him. Everybody wanted to kind of lean in, get a little pinch on the cheek or a little, uh, you know, uh, him grabbing around your finger and holding on for dear life. And, friends, so it is with Christ. You recognize the significance and the blessing of what God did in his birth and this new thing when you realize that God was not just born to remain a baby, but to grow up to be a, a, a full-grown man, to die on the cross and to take the penalties of our sin and to be raised into new life, that this Jesus who was born, he was born to die, to rescue us from the darkness and the destruction of this world and to give us an amazing grace that sets us free. And then you're even more like, oh my gosh, this is the most amazing baby ever. And you, you know what? You're absolutely right. First John chapter 2, the Bible says this. You want to talk about gifts at Christmas time. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one, the only one righteous. He is the atoning sacrifice. Anybody know what the word atoning means? Anybody? It's another church kind of theological term there. Made right, perfect. It's a made right, perfect sacrifice. It's the perfect sacrifice that you were atoned for by the perfect sacrificial spotless lamb of God. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas. What a gift. You see, God delivered Jesus, friends, to deliver you. If you carry nothing else out of this sermon today, maybe nothing else out of the entire sermon series we're going to be in, you carry this with you. God delivered Jesus so he can deliver you. He wants to deliver you from the bondage of sin. If you believe in your heart and confess with your lips that Jesus is Savior and Lord, the Bible says you will be saved. What a gift. What a gift. A baby changes everything. So what do you do when a baby's born? Well, first of all, you drop everything to be in their presence. Number two, you recognize the precious gift of God. And then third and finally, you let this new thing do a new thing in you. You let this new thing do a new thing in you. There is just something about being a grandpa. I think I've kind of finally put a finger on it. The beautiful part about being a grandpa is you get to have all of the fun and very little responsibility. Thank the Lord. Now, now listen, I'm a responsible grandfather, but I think you understand what I'm saying, right? Oh, I love you. This is great. Oh, you're crying? Here's mom. Yeah, right? Oh, the diaper's full? Here's dad. <laughs> all right? 
I mean, you get to have all the fun and, and just experience their presence and knowing, well, their mom and dad are there to be the first line of defense, right? That's the difference, I think, of being a grandfather. See, God delivered Jesus to deliver you, and we're going to let this new thing do a new thing in us. There's just something about it. He just does something inside of me. When I'm around him, everything just kind of slows down. When I'm around him, what seemed urgent uh, is, is no longer pressing. Uh, the stuff of life that's gripping me all of a sudden just no longer has a hold of me. I, I feel refreshed. It quiets my soul being around him. It just, it, it makes me reevaluate what's important. It makes me re- reevaluate priorities. And, 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 and having this new life in my life has made me a new person as a, as a grandfather. You see, friends, Christ brought this baby, this Christ child, to do a new thing in you and to completely change and transform your whole life. And he wants to start from the inside out. He wants to transform you from being lost to now being found. He wants to change you from making you feel empty inside to being filled with the presence of the power of his Holy Spirit. He wants to transform you from being broken to being whole. He wants to change you from being a slave of sin to being set free in God's grace. Or he wants to transform you to be, uh, from being unfulfilled to finding brand new purpose and meaning in life. His birth leads us to be reborn and to be a whole new person. That's right. The birth of Jesus leads us to ourselves experience a new birth, to be reborn. That's what the Bible says in John chapter 3. You should not be surprised at my saying, Jesus' words say, you must be born again. You must be born again. Now, friends, without Christ, you will never be born again. Without Christ, you're only born once. Without Christ, you're born once and you end up dying twice. You die a physical death, but then the Bible tells us that you also die a spiritual death and you spend all of eternity with the devil in eternal damnation. That's that's what the Bible tells us and teaches us. But when you see and you believe and you confess and you receive Jesus Christ as a gift in your life, when you're born again in his Holy Spirit, you have a new birth into a living hope. You become reborn where you're born twice and you only die once. You're born physically. The the doctor spanks you on the bottom. When you're first born, you start crying, and and you're born of your mother and your father, but then you experience a new birth of a living hope, and the Holy Spirit fills your life, and you're reborn. And when you're reborn, you only die once. You die physically, but then again, you get a chance to live forever in eternity in heaven with, by the way, Jesus, who says he goes there to prepare a place for you. Oh, friends, can we just say today, a baby changes everything. Let's, let, let, let's just narrow that down. This baby, this baby right here has changed everything. Oh, friends, and he's not done yet because he wants to change your entire life. He wants to change your entire life to become brand new, to be a new person with a brand new life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, this is what Christ describes himself as. <clears throat> If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, and the old has gone, the new is here. Paul says the new is here. Remember, God says, behold, I'm about to do a new thing. Do you not perceive it? I'm about to make a way in the wilderness. I'm about to bring a stream in the wasteland. Oh, you want to believe that this isn't an answer to that prophecy? You better believe that Jesus is the answer to that because with him, the old is gone and the new is here. The new creation has come who wants to do a new work in your life, friends. The brand new life that wants to bring you a brand new life to make you a whole new you. He doesn't want to make you a better part of who you are. He's not here to 
for you to better yourself. No, he wants to redesign the whole thing. He wants to create something brand new with you, a masterpiece seen in God's eyes. And when you see and believe and confess and receive the gift of Christ, oh, he's, he's all in on you. You become reborn, being completely transformed in the likeness of Jesus Christ. It's, it's no longer I who lives, Paul says, but Christ who lives in me. Oh, friends, it's not just any old child that changes everything. The Christ child changes everything. Knowing and being with Jesus, living for him, does something to you, just like being around a newborn baby. You become a whole new person. You become reborn. God delivered Christ to deliver you. He did this new thing to do a new thing in you. And so we're going to let, for the next four weeks, this Advent Christmas season, we're going to let the birth of Christ and this baby draw us in closer to see what God is doing, this new thing that he's doing this baby that's been born unto us. We're going we're gonna to draw into the manger. We're going to lean in a little bit more. That's what this season is about. This baby that changes everything. And we're going to let his birth change you, change me, change us. Here's some action steps and we're done. Number one, reclaim your awe and joy in the Christ child. Remember the angel said, behold, I bring good news of great joy. And what was the source of that? What was the sign you were to look for? A baby, a baby. This baby changes everything. Allow God to, for you to reclaim your awe of him. You look at a baby, you think, boy, this, this is, the creator had to do this. And it brings you great joy. Find that in the Christ child again. Number two, what do you need to let go of to get closer to Jesus? By the way, we got some helps with you for that. Come out to the Bible study this Thursday. You'll be drawn closer. I wanna encourage you on your own to read the Christmas scriptures in Luke and Matthew and in John and, and reclaim your awe and joy in the Christ child. And then secondly, Evaluate what you need to let go of to get closer to Jesus. Maybe it's a hurt, habit, or hang-up. Maybe it's an attitude or a struggle. Maybe it's uh, some cynicism or, or disbelief or frustrations or, 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 or control or any other things of your busyness. And let go of those things in order to get closer and lean in. Come out and build a manger with us on Friday and allow that to cause you to lean a little bit closer into the manger. And then third and finally, receive the gift. Receive the gift. When Christ was born, God delivered the gift of salvation. And God wants to say to you, Merry Christmas. Are you ready to receive it? Are you ready to give your life to Jesus Christ? We can do that simply by praying. So let's do that. Let's close in prayer. Lord God, we thank you for the birth of your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for this incredible, awesome reminder that you give us every December that you remind us that Jesus Christ was born. A child born unto us that will be with us. He is Emmanuel. God, thank you. Thank you for this gift. Thank you that this began your plan of salvation for the world by, 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 by uh, grace uh, and, and through faith, Lord God, and, and only by grace through faith, Lord God. We say thank you. And when we wish each other a Merry Christmas, Lord God, let us be reminded of what makes a Merry Christmas. Let us be reminded in our hearts. And then, Lord God, let us fight to do this, to, to get closer to the manger to slow down, take all of our burdens and our brokenness, Lord God, and hand them over to you and say, Lord Jesus, we need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Thank you for being our Messiah. You are the Lord, our God, and there is none other like you. And Lord God, we just, we just say here and now, we need you to take over our life. We need you to be in control. We need you to sit on the throne. And some of us, we're in control all the time, Lord God, and so we, 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 we gotta learn to hand the car keys over to you and let you do the driving from time to time. And so, Lord God, here and now, we say we need you in our life. Enter into our hearts. We receive the free gift of salvation because of what you've done on the cross. 
because you've been raised from the dead. Thank you for your grace. And so, Lord God, build in us every single day a faith and a belief in who you came to be in order to die for us and to completely transform our life from the inside out because you gave us the power of canceled sin when you were raised from the dead. Lord God, thank you that we don't worship a baby, but we worship the risen Christ. But Lord God, a baby started all of it. We thank you, Lord God, that you were born to die for us. And we need you, God. We need you every single day of our life. So help us to learn what we need to let go of. Help us lean in a little bit more. Help us to open our eyes a little bit more to perceive this new thing you're doing, to see this new thing you're doing. And Lord God, as, 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 as today, maybe somebody's been born again for the very first time, as we're, as we're born again, Lord God, let us open our hearts to the entirety of your presence and your Holy Spirit in us to bring complete transformation. We need you, God. It's in your name we pray. And everybody said together, amen and amen. Hey, friends, we're gonna sing this closing song, and I know during that, while you're standing up, we're gonna have some of our prayer team members. They're gonna make their way up front here, and they're gonna be willing to pray with you. I think there's just a lot of work that God wants to do in our lives. There's just things we brought to the church here today, and we gotta learn to let go of them. Because until we let go of them, we're not gonna be able to lean further into the manger because it's a barrier between us and God. And God wants us to leave it at the altar here today. He wants us to leave it at the manger, at the cross. And so maybe in order to get closer to this Christ child, maybe you literally get closer to this manger scene here and you make your way forward and you pray or you just sit on a bench or whatever it is, whatever posture you need during this closing song. Let's stand right now. Let's sing this closing song and let's allow God to draw us in. Draw us in to the manger. Draw us into the Christ child and say, God, I'm all in. I need you.